Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O C-O. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara and I'm here with... Myself, I'm here with myself today. Uh, unfortunately, Devin is not able to join us today because he lost power at his house, and so I am doing a solo run today uh, from my studio, my house, and I'm here to chat with you guys and see what's going on in your shops. I am going to start us off with a quote today, just like we would normally, and we'll go from there. In all affairs, it's a healthy thing now and then to hang a question mark on the things you have long taken for granted. Now, I was thinking about what I'd want to do um, for this podcast and how I was going to chat all by myself for however long I end up doing it. This is the first time that I'll ever be doing the podcast by myself, which is a really weird thing. After you've like talked to one person, you've done a podcast with one person for a really long time, you get into the habit of this kind of back and forth conversation, right? And that's something that you get used to and you depend on that. Like I was getting ready to do the podcast. And I'm like, okay, let me grab a couple beers, you know, have something in here to hang out and drink while I'm talking. But then I was like, well, I can't like sip on a beer while I'm talking because I'm doing the podcast all by myself. I don't have that break when Devin would normally be talking. So I have to then like just keep on going. And I was like, you know, came in here and I had this little bag of Skittles with me. And I was like, oh, great. I could, you know, have some Skittles while we're hanging out. I'm like, no, I can't do that either. I got to just keep on talking. Now, not to say that, you know, just like constant ramble is the best thing for any podcast. But obviously you guys are here to listen to me chat. And see what's going on. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, so that quote, uh, when I was looking for stuff to uh, talk about for the podcast, I was thinking about different things, what's going on in my life and what's going on in the shop and how things are going. And one of the things that stuck in my head was an incident that we had in the shop just the other day. Devin and I were working on a video, working on uh, building a box for a projector for a uh, a projector that we were shipped by a really awesome company and they gave it to us. Um, and so we're building this kind of carrying case so we can carry it around, have everything inside so you don't have to worry about, you know, getting your like extension cords out and your power strip and surge protector and have all these things all over the place. We wanted to have a carrying case where you could have everything inside in one box and you just grab that box and you bring it with you and you could set your projector up outside or inside. You're good to go home theater in a box. 
So we um, were working on this uh, in the shop the other day, and um, I have this plywood. We're using kind of half-inch plywood or, you know, just a little thinner. And uh, and I had to break it down into manageable pieces, right, because we had to construct this box. So kind of getting everything, getting ready and marking and figuring out this information and figuring out all my measurements. And, um, and I have my table saw at the end of my table, and it's just kind of a small home table saw. So I go to think about, all right, let me, let me adjust it so I can make some cuts. And I realized that my, uh, the largest dimension on my table saw says 13 inches. And so I go to move the guide over to the 13 inches, but it can't actually grab on to the end of the table saw at that 13 inches to cut because it just, it doesn't have enough material there to grab on. So like, I think my one of my smaller cuts was a 15 inch cut, even though I was going to break it down, we're going to be breaking that down into smaller uh, dimensions. I wanted to do a long cut on the end of the board that was 15 inches. And I was like, well, I can't do that. I can't do 13 inches. I can't do, I could like barely do 11 inches. And I just got this, like, I got frustrated for a minute and I was like, man, you know, if I only had a better table saw, you know, then I'd be able to do all this stuff so easily. And it just occurred to me that like, it's not about having everything you want to be able to do exactly what you want all the time. It's about having what you need to do what you want. And I think that is one of the things that makes uh, good makers, um, it makes them better makers, is having a problem and knowing how to solve it with what you can do. Uh, and that's one of those things that I think really has stuck into my head and something that I think has stood out about our channel um, in the past is that, you know, I have a shop that is obviously it's, it's grown over the years and those things that I have, I, you know, as I know, I want something, I, you know, keep, I look for those things and I grab a tool or then I get another thing. And then, you know, that builds and builds and you build out a shop and I have a pretty awesome shop compared to, I know a lot of people and I, I really like my shop, but it's small and it doesn't have everything that I wish it would have. Of course not. Right. That's what we all as makers or people who enjoy doing things in a shop, you always want something better or want some, something bigger and better. And we all, I think, usually strive for that and work toward that. But that doesn't say that you can't make do with what you have at the time. And that's kind of one of those things that I've always had. You know, I have I have the tools that I have. I have the tools that I can afford. And I've been able to make do with those things over time and use those things and be as creative and you know, I guess use ingenuity to solve a problem. So have what you have. And so I was just thinking that. So with that quote being, you know, in all affairs, it's a healthy thing now and then to hang a question mark on the things you have long taken for granted. So, you know, what are those things that you have that, that, you know, you should be more appreciative for. And I guess in that moment when I'm looking at my table saw and I'm realizing that it's, you know, it's lacking in what, you know, really should be able to do. And the more I looked at it, I'm like, this is silly. Like, why would anyone have a table saw this size who needs a table saw? It can barely do anything. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing? And then, you know, I just had this realization. Like, I have a circular saw. I have a guide bar that I can clamp down, I can cut with. You know, I have jig saws. I have a band saw. I have hand saws. I have all these things that can solve this problem. But I was just looking at, like, the bigger side of it or what's the best tool to solve the problem and, and what, what could I do if I had that tool? So, 
and I took a moment and just like used that moment as something that could be, you know, uh, like highlighted in the video. So we just said like, all right, well, you know, I'm looking at my table saw. It's obviously, I can't do it with this. It's not going to work. So what else do I have? So, you know, I got out my, uh, my guide bar, which is just like a long clamp that fits across the four foot, um, the four foot dimension of a normal size sheet of, you know, plywood and was able to clamp that on exactly where I want it. Cut my line with my circular saw, which had a, a new blade on it. So nice and clean and sharp blade. And, uh, and did exactly what I wanted to, you know, it didn't do it the easiest way. It wasn't the, the best way that I could have done it, but it was the, it was the best way that I could do it with what I had. And I think that's, you know, what was really important and what really stood out to me in that day. And I think that's also why I ended up using, um, that kind of mindset as what I wanted to focus on today in the podcast. Now, obviously that's not going to be what the podcast is completely about, but I thought that'd be a fun topic to kind of go into a little bit at the beginning. Um, one of the things that I have done over the years, I love yard sales. I love flea markets. I love Facebook marketplace and Craigslist and all those things where you can get something for a good deal, right? That's, that's kind of the whole point. It's like a treasure hunt. And, uh, and that's how I built my shop. And that's why, you know, I mean, most of those things, I mean, I've gotten new things here and there over the years, but really my shop is built from what other people have used and loved and then been able to give to someone else or sell because they have moved up or gotten something else or decided they didn't want to use it anymore. So really just kind of putting that, you know, piecing together a shop or piecing together the things that I've needed. Um, and that's kind of been fun over the years. So I think really like having a shop of tools that are vintage tools, they tell a story and they, you know, really as you like use those things, you're adding to that story. And then hopefully, you know, when you can, you can, your end of the, your, your end of that, that specific story of that thing, you come to the end of your part in it, then you can pass that off to someone else. Um, I have a few um, machines and tools in my shop that are just taking up space and, I've recently decided that I need to like make I need to get rid of that those things so I can use that space in better ways. I have the back part of my shop which has bigger machines all on wheels and things, but I'm not using them all and they're things that have come to me either for free or really cheaply, you know. And so I figured I might as well pass those on. So I'll be, you know, kind of reaching out to a few different people who I think might need them. Um Devin is you know, possibly moving to a new place that's going to have a bigger space and maybe a little garage type space. So, um, you know, he could utilize some of those things in the shop. You know, it's, these are all just things that are normal tools that I would take that I either take for granted or I don't use because I have something else that works. Um, so that's kind of almost, um, almost like relieving to be able to get rid of some of this stuff because as a person who loves getting old tools and vintage tools and having that, those things and using them, um, it's hard to get rid of those things. So like we talked about recently on the podcast a week ago, a week ago and even the two weeks before that was the, uh, this idea that I was going to this giant, awesome yard sale and this person who had tons and tons of stuff and I got a really good deal and all those things. And, as I got a lot of those things back, although a lot of those things were small things, um, I was having this like, not really panic, but once I got them all into my shop, I'm like, well, what am I going to do with them all? And I'm like, all right, well, now I got to find a space. You know, I got to find something. I got to reorganize space. How do I use this? How do I, how do I, 
you know, how do I use my space better in a way that I can actually activate it and, um, you know, utilize the space as best as possible. And I think that's just one of those things that, uh, as a, I don't want to call myself a hoarder, but I think when it comes to tools and things, I, I'm, I'm an opportunist and it's hard to turn down a good opportunity on something. Um, so, you know, I, gather things and collect things and then have that mindset of, Oh, well maybe one day I'll be able to use this thing. Um, or this thing is interesting enough that I want to get it and have it, even if I don't think I'll use it except for maybe that one time. Right. And that's, that's that maybe that hoarder mindset. I think I do have, although I, there's also a a real joy in, in getting rid of things and kind of opening up those spaces, which is why I'm thinking about that for, uh, you know, for the shop kind of open up the back of the shop. Um, a good example of this is recently my brother Drew, who's my older brother, uh, sent a text to, you know, my myself and my two other brothers, and within the group of the four of us, he had this mini fridge, and he just reached out and said, "Hey, does anybody want this mini fridge? You know, I got to get rid of it. I need the space. I don't use it. So, does anybody want it?" And um, I hesitated, and I was first I was like, "I don't, you know, I don't need a mini fridge. Um, like, where am I going to put it? It's no big deal." And then I had like, "Oh, well." Maybe I should get it just in case I do need it. And I had to like step back and think for a second, like, well, hold on. Do I actually need it? Can I put it anywhere? You know, it's like, it looks like it's in good condition, which is that other thing. Like, oh, but it's in good condition. What do you, you don't want to get rid of it. You know, I knew that he wasn't going to be like throwing it away. That if it was, uh, you know, something that he, if it was something in good condition, he was going to offer it to us if we wanted it. And then maybe offer it to other friends or maybe try to sell it or just take it to the goodwill or donate it or something. So I, you know, I hesitated and I, I told him like, maybe, you know, I was like, give me a minute. And so I actually asked my buddy, Sean, if he might want it. I was like, you know, Drew's getting rid of this mini fridge. Um, I think I might be able to have room for it in the basement in the shop, but if not, do you want it? And so he said like that he could have used it if, if I didn't want it. So I was like, all right, well, I'll get it and then I'll see what I can do with it. And so I posted recently on Instagram that I was kind of reorganizing the shop and I did, I kind of, I took the one table that I had put aside. Um, and for those of you who watch our videos, you'll know that the main kind of shot that we use in the shop is me standing behind my main shop table, which is in the middle of the room. And then behind me is another shop bench against the wall with everything hanging up on the wall and my shelves and things. And so Devin is standing across from me or across from the table on the other side of that. And behind him is the wall and there's a few tables there and like my ax rack is hanging up there. And so that space is where he puts like his camera bag and we have a little, a little cabinet that has some, um, some drawers and some doors and things. So we'll put stuff in there like the sound equipment or, you know, cables or wires or gels or lights and things like that. We have it in there. So it's not a ton of space, but it's, but it, it, it is for, it's for what we have. It's the space that we can use. Um, so I've had this little table there that I cleaned out a space for him, you know, a year or two ago, whatever, and just put a little table so that way he could come in, put his bag down with his camera and then, you know, be able to set up there in that space. So I thought, well, we are only really using the top of that table. There was another little shelf below it, but that always just held like extra boxes and bubble wrap and stuff for when we, you know, when we do giveaways or we, you know, if I sell something or need to send something, I'll usually use that. But my basement's also pretty damp. So 
those boxes always just like sit there and they kind of get too soft and I end up throwing them away and getting rid of stuff. So it wasn't really an active space. So I figured why not use that space and put the mini fridge there? It's perfect, right? I don't need this space um, underneath of the table. I just need that top surface. So why not, you know, instead of having a table that's taking up space below it for nothing, I might as well have a table that's taking up space below it to keep some beers cold in the shop. So, <laughs> yeah, so I use that. Put in a little mini fridge and, uh, you know, some snacks and some beers and some, you know, water and things like that to have downstairs in the shop, which uh, I'm excited about. The idea of having like a little beer fridge is pretty exciting. Um, so, yeah, so I use that. And then and then I ended up actually kind of working across and moving across the space and getting rid of some stuff. I had these um, kind of like the click together gray foam mats. I had them just like leaning up against the cabinet there and not really being used. And I had some space in the shop where I could use them. So I put those down, which opened up some space and then kind of cleaned out that area and then was able to move that little table, the one that I had gotten rid of, or at least taken out of that space to put in the mini fridge to the other side of the little metal cabinet. So then I was able to actually utilize that space much better. And that, you know, seeing what I had there, um, taking the time to kind of clean it out and think what's a better way to use this space was I was able to actually like gain a bunch of space where I thought like, you know, I don't even know if I have sh space in the shop for this mini fridge. Now it ends up that I was able to make space for the fridge and still have the little table that was there because I just took some time to reassess that space and think, am I using it the best way it could be used? Um, so that's what I, my mindset is for the back of the shop. You know, I have all these tools and things that I'm not using actively and some of them work really well and they just need a new home. So, so I'm going to be making a, you know, taking, giving away some stuff that has some like, has uh, my story in it. You know, it's like that part of that story that's mine is there. It's now it has some of my story in it. So I'm going to give it away and hopefully those will be able to uh, make someone else happy and, and help spark someone else's creativity or, uh, you know, give somebody the ability to do something with a tool that they weren't able to do previously, or at least they weren't able to do as well. You know, maybe one day I'll be able to figure out how to fit a nice size table saw in my shop. And, uh, and then I'll have that, you know, experience. But that's the one issue though, with that thing is that a good size table saw, um, you want to have in a space where you can have an outfeed. Um, you know, so you can put material through it, but then as you put it through it, you have it a space for it to slide out and go along. Usually you want some type of workbench on the back of your table saw. So you have it out feed, right? So as you're cutting material through, it's pushing out, feeding out the back into something. And you don't need to have that, but really that's like, in my opinion, the best way to set up a shop with a table saw. And the way my shop is set up is that it's like, it's long and narrow. And so the best spot for that would be at the end of one of my, my workbench, which is where I had that little table saw now. Um, but it's just not a ideal space to have a full cabinet table saw there because then that it's kind of like putting a T at the end of my bench, which would be the bottom of the T and the table saw would be the top of the T. And I just don't have the space there for that. So, um, unless I could really completely rearrange my shop and figure out a new place to put everything um, I just don't think a full size table saw will work in my shop and that's fine. Um, you know, like I said, I have the tools and I have other things to do what I would do with a table saw mostly. Um, 
that's another thing where what I would want to use a table saw for is, I guess, breaking down larger material into smaller material, at least for now, right? So maybe sometime down the road, I'll be doing more, uh, like, fine furniture where I'll need to maybe joint one side and then table, you know, saw, cut the other side to get two flush sides to do glue ups, things like that. But as of right now, I'm not doing a lot of that. And that table saw will work for that. Well, it works for smaller stuff. It's just not ideal for anything bigger. And the things that I'm doing right now are more things that are using bigger sheets of plywood or bigger things. Like I'm building some bigger things. So it's just in my mind, it was like, Oh, what am I doing with this little table saw? It's just taking up space in my shop. I'm not doing anything. And then I was like, calm down. You know, just because it doesn't do exactly what you want to do now, it, it'll, you know, it's still fine. It's just uh, you have other things that can do that same thing. So I did it up, uh, you know, successfully doing everything I need to do in the shop without using that table saw for that purpose. Um, one of the uh, one of the tools in my shop that made a big difference to my workflow was uh, my bandsaw. I have a uh, a craftsman bandsaw. Uh, I think it's, I can't remember the size of it off the top of my head. It's a decent size. It has a good cut size, maybe at like a, a four inch throat, five inch throat so or so. And, um, and it has you know, the, the space between the blade and the other side of this, the band is, is close to probably, mm, I would say maybe like 12 or 14 inches. So I have a pretty deep cut there on that side. And, and so I get creative sometimes if I'm trying to cut something, you know, I need to, I need to cut one side or I need to make sure I'm marking on the sides. So that way my, if I have a wider cut than say like 10 inches, then that, that side of the cut is outside of the bandsaw. And then, you know, the shorter side is on the inside where it would actually get caught up. Um, but yeah, you know, so that's like one of those things that, um, you know, I, I realized, when I got that bandsaw that that really changed my production of how I could make things in the shop. And I use it all the time. You know, same thing as like a chop saw. As soon as you get a chop saw, I think that's, you know, either like a straight chop saw or a miter saw. That's one of those tools that, you know, really can change how fast you cut a piece of, you know, a two by four or chop down anything that, you know, you would normally stop and then measure and cut with a handsaw. You can cut with a chop saw really quickly. But yeah, just those, those tools. So I have a few other, you know, little band saws that I'm not using, which I think other people could use. I have, um, like a coping saw that's back there. I have a grinder, um, that I use, but I can, you know, I need to, uh, so I have, if you, in the videos you'll see uh, anytime I'm doing any like wire wheeling, I'm using an older grinder that has like a motor that's, uh, you know, not attached between the bench grinder, like most more common, more modern bench grinders are where you have two wheels on either side of a motor. The way the one I have is it has a motor on top of the table and then it has a belt that drives out that spins the two wheels. And that's a great, um, it's a, it's, it's a great grinder. It's worked really well for me, but, um, but I have another grinder that's a more modern and it's, and having a grinder with the motor between the two wheels is, uh, it's more convenient. It's more, it, it saves space. So, I need to build a, uh, a stand for that so I can have that on a stand that I can, you know, get rid of. I don't like using the term get rid of because that feels like I don't care about it. <laughs> like little grinder downstairs, I care about you. I just want to pass you along to someone else who can use you because I have a different tool that I can use. So maybe that's the mindset that we need to think of when we're uh, getting rid of things or letting things go is that you're not, you're not maybe maybe like 
you can uh, have this <laughs> feeling that maybe one day you'll see it again, right? It's like, it's not goodbye. It's just see you later. So maybe that's the mindset I need to have for these things. It's like, you know, as I talk about it, I realize how hard that is to uh, get rid of things that have uh, that have done something really good for me over the years. And I love that little grinder. It works great. And it's, you know, it's been really good. But I have something else that will work better for me in my situation. So got to move on. But I wanted to uh, just talk a little bit about things that have been going on. Devin and I have been working on, like I was saying, the uh, the, the carrying case for the for the projector it's been kind of fun working on that um it's a it's a different type of project because it's you know just building something that's a box and it actually reminds me a lot of the things that uh adam savage has been doing you know since pretty much since like covid hit he's been in a shop and doing a lot of infrastructure stuff and a lot of like just fun you know lots of one day builds and things and and uh building boxes and things and it's it's pretty interesting i what I did do is we, we um, cut and assembled this box um, with the way we assembled it was just using wood glue and a finish nailer. Um, and, and it's surprising how strong that connection is. If you can just kind of get everything glued up, you finish nail it so that those, t- those connections are tight. And then, you know, when that glue dries, that's a super great, you know, super secure bond. Now, obviously it's not as good as, you know, like a finger jointed side or dovetails or, but you know, for what it is and for what I'm using the box for, it serves its purpose, purpose perfectly. And it's so fast and so much fun. I'm like having a blast using this little finish nailer and gluing things up. It's like, I just want to think of new projects to like build things and put them really fast, you know, quickly together because of how like satisfying that is. Um, you know, just, Throwing some glue down, putting it together, you know, pulling that trigger, pop, 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 putting the little like finish nails in. It's so satisfying. It's so quick. If there's a, any little project you guys need to do and you have a finish nailer or, you know, or a nail gun, something that has some small stuff that's pneumatic. I have, um, I think mine's a Husky pneumatic nailer, little finish nailer, but it's, it's just like so fast and so, so satisfying to use this. Um, it's been really fun. So, you know. I can, I can imagine myself making, uh, you know, like boxes and little crates and things that would just hold stuff in my shop just because of how fun it is to use that finish nailer and kind of come become creative and, and, you know, use some ingenuity to create some better, uh, you know, systems in the shop. And that's one of the things I think this, what's been happening this week with like building that and, you know, redoing some of the space in my shop to, to put in the mini fridge and make some space for Devin all those things I'm like getting, I'm, I'm getting like, uh, it's, it's triggering my curiosity and my creativity and what I can do in the shop. So I have like, I have the wood rack in the back and that wood rack has, um, has, you know, a few shelves that have a bunch of, uh, like, uh, pieces of wood that I, that I've used that I've cut off and some, some of it's exotic stuff, some of it's normal stuff, but it's all like these kind of small pieces. So, Whenever I want to find something, I got to kind of go through and dig through these pieces. Now I have a couple black uh, plastic crates that I got from a place, and I use those to kind of organize that space. But I think I could do like I could do better. I don't, you know, just just in that mindset of like, what can I do to make my life easier in this situation in this corner? You know, this little bit of the shop. If I work on this little bit, you know, then that will free up this other little bit. And then if I, you know, if I start working on this part of the space then I think then my mind starts 
growing out from there in the space. Like, okay, well, if this little spot here is a little bit more organized and, you know, is easier for me to utilize, well, then this this spot right next to it, which is now still cluttered because at one point is organized, but then I got more things and I filled it up with things that don't need to be there. Um, so maybe I need to go through that space and then reorganize that space, get rid of some stuff, give some stuff away, you know, <laughs> release those things to a new home. I'll see them later. I'm not saying goodbye. I'm just saying I'll see you later. Um, and then just kind of keep moving along. So, so I've been thinking about that, but you know, doing that with what we've been doing this past week, working on that and, and, uh, and back to work. Like I've been, I've been back to, uh, back to school, which is exciting. And also, you know, after, uh, working at home through the entire pandemic as a teacher, I taught virtually, um, for the entire time, except for the last month and a half, uh, where until when I went back to like hybrid learning. So I was going back into the classroom a couple of days a week, but I only had a few students and most people were still virtual. And so no, now back to full person in full time in-person teaching is, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, there are some things about it that are really awesome. And then there's some things about it that I just got used to not, you know, not having to do every day. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. And I'm, I am happy to be back. You know, I love being back with the kids. I love seeing the kids and working with them every day and seeing what, you know, things excite them and, and just their like personalities. It's just, it's fun. I teach, uh, I teach high school architecture. So 10th, 11th, and 12th graders and, you know, seeing students develop over those years in their life is just a weird, uh, it's a, it's a weird time to witness someone change through that amount of time because the change is so big from a 10th grader, you know, who's just a year out of middle school to a senior who is about to go out into like the real world and go to college or get a job and the responsibilities change huge. So seeing that change in those three years is, is a wide change and it's always something that's pretty fascinating to me. And so I'm really excited to see these students and, and, uh, and this is the first time where I'll like, I missed a year of their growth. So the students that I had when they were in 10th grade sophomores are now seniors and it felt like I missed that year, even though I was with them virtually, you know, the whole time I never like got to see him. And so that like transition was a bigger jump seeing these, these kids who were 10th graders at the time. And now they're 12th graders. Like they're, I missed that middle year where they can kind of grow gradually. But so that, so I'm really enjoying like being able to be back in the classroom with my students. But with that, this week has really like reminded me that, um, you know, having a full-time job and, you know, doing content creation as much as we try to do is a hard thing to do. Um, and that also got me thinking about what, uh, where we are in our, uh, in our growth as, uh, content creators and our YouTube channel and the podcast. Um, and, you know, I guess just really made me realize like how we should be appreciative of what we have at this moment. Um, you know, we've had a lot of growth over the last couple of years it's been awesome. Um, you know, there's, there's always more growth to have. And in just in my opinion, I think if you're always looking at like 
where you think you should be or the other people around you who are doing different things and or doing similar things and they're growing faster than you are or they're not growing like you are and different like you're always we're always looking at other people and other you know similar people in similar situations and gauging ourselves off of those other people obviously there's a bit of that that we have to do right as makers and people in the world that are competing for uh the eyes of of people and the and the money and you know it's all like in a way it's all competition against like who how how are you moving forward but i just had this kind of these thoughts especially this week with like being so busy at work and then busy with devin and my wife has gone back to school and my daughter's in middle school and um, you know, I'll be taking another uh, online class this fall and just all these things. It's like it made me realize, I guess, that where where we are, um, and I say we, I'm thinking, about, you know, where Devin and I are in the art of craftsmanship, what we're doing, um, we need to enjoy where we are and keep doing what we've done from the beginning. And then that will like, it'll just keep moving us forward, Right. There's you can't control what other people are doing. You can't control, um, you know, how successful you are with to an extent, right? You can, you know, you have to like put the work in and the time and the effort. But if you can't and you're not seeing growth or you're seeing other people grow or this person gets a you know a, a viral video and they get tons of some subscribers or this other channel is doing something that everyone loves right now. They're like hopped on the bandwagon and everyone's loving it and giving them a ton of love and they're growing. Well, we all have those waves of success. So I think just kind of keeping that in mind that you just got to do what you love and those things will happen around you and for you. And if you're happy with where you are and what you're doing and you're enjoying it and you're living your best life and you're trying to do the best you can do, then those other things around you, that competition becomes less important, I think. Um, and so I, that was kind of, I mean, not necessarily a a new realization, but just something that I thought about over the years and something that especially, especially now with being like so busy, um, and these different perspectives and seeing my students, you know, now in person again and seeing like how they've changed and how I've missed stuff. And it just all made me realize like that, you know, it's just important to, do what you're doing in that moment and go along for that ride with what you're doing. Look toward the future, but but don't necessarily always look to like everyone else to to see where you should go. You know, you can you just just enjoy the ride, I guess. Um, you know, life is so short, all these things, you know, life is short, enjoy the ride, but but it's true, right? There's a reason why there are these cliches and it is true, you know. You only have so much time. Um you know, love the people around you. Be grateful for what you have. Uh, you know, there's another quote I was looking at, and like it's it's funny. I you know because I don't do the quotes normally. Um, I I don't have this. Uh, Devin mentions often that he was looking through these quotes, trying to find one, and he was seeing all these really corny quotes and things that are really typical. And that is 100% true. I was kind of looking, you know, within this idea of like being grateful for what you have or um, within that kind of that mindset or that theme, there are so many corny quotes, you know, just like 
the most um, just typical, you know, common things like, you know, feel good about yourself because you never know when the next day will take you away. And all those things are pertinent quotes, but they're just, you know, they seemed a little bit, uh, a little cliche. So, you know, trying to find something that was, that would work well um, was a little tricky, but, but I do like that quote. And that's why, you know, I just realized that, you know, having, having something in your life that you are proud of, um, you should try to do your best to enjoy that thing that you're doing because it's something that brings you pride or brings you satisfaction. Um, and just keep doing the best you can do. And then those, like those success and those things around you will come, you know, if you, if you, you know, for me, I guess one of the things that comes to mind when I'm thinking about this is, um, other social media stuff, you know, like how often, you know, like we're always looking at analytics as content creators, like how often should I post? When's the best time to post, you know, and, and do all these things matter. Um, I was listening to the making it podcast recently and, um, Jimmy and Bob and Dave were talking about, um, you know, using social media to post things like Instagram reels, things like that, to post about what you're working on in the shop. And, um, you know, and just there are different points of view. Bob is much more closed with what he does. He doesn't want to show all the stuff right away because he feels like it's going to give away the ending before, you know, people see, people won't, won't want to see the video because, or they won't watch the video because they already know the ending. Um, and, uh, and Jimmy's point of view is like, well, that I want to post these things because it's what I'm doing. And it's kind of like, I'm just showing the people in Instagram where, you know, he may have something, whatever it is, say like 10% or 5% of uh, his viewers on YouTube are following him on Instagram. So it's only this like little 10, 15, you know, five, whatever percent that's seeing this. And those are the people who, you know, want to see these things. And those are the people that aren't going to be necessarily, turned off in a sense by watching, you know, you watching the process. Because for me, the process is what makes making fun. It's knowing the process. And that's why we show the process. That's why we started the art of craftsmanship is to show other people what we do and teach a little bit along the way and see that. You know, I think a lot of people from my generation, uh, I was born in 83. So like people from the 80s, we, you know, we remember like, Mr. Rogers neighborhood. And he would, you know, the, the, in that show, they would take you to like different factories and you could watch, um, you know, how things were made in different factories. Right. And then the show came along in the nineties. That was like how it's made, you know, and then it, the whole, the whole show was just about that. Just watching how things were made. And it's just always been fascinating. So for me, um, I had, I had that same idea. Like, do I show things when we first started doing the videos Like, we wouldn't show, I wouldn't put a ton of stuff up on Instagram. I would just do these little snippets or little sneak peeks or just a, like a corner or something because I didn't want to give it away. But then I realized that like the people that follow me on Instagram are, are following along because they enjoy seeing the process. They enjoy seeing what people are doing and people can kind of post and keep people up to date on that. Um, and in that, in our current culture where social media is so prevalent, where, you know, putting things up and, and keeping in contact with people is something that we do regularly. It's something that we always think about, whether it's good or bad, it's on our mind and it's always on my mind. Um, you know, why not kind of bring people along for the ride? So, you know, a couple of years ago I had that change in mindset. Like the nice thing about if you follow us on Instagram is then you get this little sneak peek into the workshop that's like different than 
the videos, right? Because the videos were edited down. You only see certain angles, you know, but in on Instagram, I might take pictures of anything or anything that I'm doing or the life and, and all of those things come together to make a broader picture of who I am as a maker and people in, get invested in that. They get invested in who you are and those are the people who follow along. I mean, I have, you know, viewers and subscribers and followers who have been following and, and watching our stuff for years now. And it's crazy to think that there are people who have like invested in me as a content creator and us as the channel and my family and the shop and they know the lay of the land. And, you know, it's a it's just kind of a cool thing. I feel like we're just connected with more people. And that's something that I've always liked. Um, always something that's been important to me is just to connect with people. Um, and, you know, maybe leave a legacy behind, leave something behind that people can say, like, you know, Dustin was, um, you know, he was honest, he was loving, you know, he was kind, he was creative. Um, and, you know, he was the type of person that, I felt good watching do things and being part of his life because I could look to that type of person and think, um, that's a good person. Right. And that's, I think that's one of the biggest compliments that you can either tell someone or, uh, <laughs> or you can tell someone they're not, you know, tell someone they're not a good person. You know, people are used to being called like assholes or whatever other names, but when you tell someone that they're not a good person, it, it I think it it uh it, it hits home a little bit more. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you being a bad person? You're like, well, I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. I'm like, are you? You know, like so. Um, yeah, I think that's one of those things. Like, what is being good? What is a good person? I just, you know, I don't know if that really matters. But in my opinion, I think that you know, people, if someone feels like they'd want to come and hang out with you and talk to you and feel like they could get an honest conversation out of you, then and like a positive thing and that they would leave feeling good about themselves or, you know, be changed for the better after meeting you. And I think that's the type of people that we want to be around. So those are the type of people that I want to be around. And those are the people that I hope want to be around me. All right. Well, um, I did want to tell one more story and this is something that again, if you have followed us on Instagram that you probably would have seen this, but, uh, yesterday afternoon, um, went to school yesterday in the morning. And so I'm in my homeroom. Uh, my have, I have homeroom in the morning and then I actually have, uh, there's five periods at our school. I have first period off and then I teach second and third. And then I currently have fourth period off and I teach fifth period cause I teach 10th, 11th and 12th grade. So I have three classes out of the five. So in my homeroom and, uh, I'm sitting there and I'm starting to like start the homeroom off. And in, in our homerooms, we usually just do um, like, uh, you know, questions around. So I'll, I'll pose a question. Everybody will answer. We'll go around like, you know, what's your favorite candy? Or, uh, you know, who was the person that was most influential to you in your life? Just things to, to kind of build that community. Um, and homerooms are just like for people, to, the students to come in the morning. You come in, you get ready for your day. We talk a little bit, you know you get to grow this little kind of community within the homeroom. So I like to build that. So we were like kind of getting started. This is the first week of school. And I hear out in the hallway, right outside my room, I hear a student who I know who it is. Cause I know her voice. I hear her say, we're going home early. Like school's closing early. I was like, that's weird. Um, and so I like look over and, and I hear her talking about, it, and I call her into the classroom. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, come in here, come here. 
and you know, I introduced him. Like, hey, everybody, this is this student, you know, who's one of my seniors, my senior architecture students, and uh, and I asked her, and she's and she's, I guess, she got a text from. I don't know exactly where, but it's either it's either from the Baltimore Baltimore City Schools or from someone else who has found out that we're getting out early. So I was like, well, I'm not sure if we're getting out early. I mean, it seems like she knows some information that I don't know. And I haven't, I checked my email and I don't see any email yet from, um, from Baltimore city schools saying that we're leaving early. So like, well, we'll wait and see. And then sure enough, like within a few minutes we realized it. So there was a, a pretty big storm coming through, um, Baltimore and the East coast hurricane Ida. Uh, and so because of the severity of the storm, um, coming through Baltimore city in the afternoon, they just, they closed schools a half day. Um, so I came home after a half day and, uh, you know, my daughter was home and we're hanging out and, and then I get a text from my friend who says, uh, you know, who lives in the same area that I do that says like, there's a tornado warning, you know, check it out. Um, and so I check my phone and there is a tornado warning and I look at the map and it's literally like right over my area. It's like a one square mile right over where I live. So, uh, I don't know. Normally I'm not like. I'm, I live kind of between two hills, so I'm not super worried about like the idea of tornadoes. They're not super common, but apparent. But in this last year, there have been a few that touched down in our area. So I told Corinne, I was like, "Hey, let's go downstairs. Let's go into the basement. Um, we'll take the dogs down. There's a tornado warning. It's you know it's in our area for the next half an hour, 45 minutes. So let's go downstairs." Unfortunately for me, my shop in, is my basement, so I was happy to go down and hang out in the shop. So we went downstairs. We're hanging out. We're doing some stuff. Um, you know, Corinne just brought her phone down, and I was working on some things for the, um, you know, doing some side stuff for the box that we're working on for the projector. And, you know, I had to do a few things. And Corinne's like, is there something I can, you know, some wood that I can hammer and nail and glue? And so then we're looking through the scrap wood, and she she pulls out this piece of plywood, like a three-quarter inch ply that has, um, it's long and narrow and has uh, a swoop at the end, uh, an up swoop like the belly of a knife. So it looks like a knife. It's, you know, 12 inches long or so. So she's like, oh, you know, I want to do some stuff. So she starts kind of playing around and she's measuring and putting little finished nails into the handle of where she, you know, and then she wanted to grind the knife. So it's kind of a fun thing. So like, all right, well, first thing you want to do is you want to figure out where you want your plunge lines to go and where you want the depth of your bevel to go. And I teach her the trick where if you take a pencil and you hold it out past the tip of your fingers and then you use the tip of your finger as a guide, then you can slide the tip of your finger along the edge of a piece of wood and where the tip of the pencil goes down, as long as you hold your hands the same, you can kind of make, you can make a mark that's, uh, you know, equidistant from the edge as you drag that pencil along. So I taught her that trick, which she was like, oh, that's really cool. So that was kind of fun. Um, so she drew in her bevels and then we drew a center line down the, down the blade. And then I actually, uh, we set up the table, uh, the tool rest on the grinder to tip forward. And this is just my two by 48 grinder, um, the Sears Craftsman grinder, um, just because, uh, that's the one I use for woodworking, tip the table up. So all she had to do was just rest on the table and then she could practice grinding the bevels, which she was doing really well. So that was fun. She was grinding bevels. We had the dogs down there with us. And if you saw, I got a cool, cute little video of them running around that middle table area, like and one dog chasing the other, playing like tag around the table, which was fun. And fortunately, uh, there was no big damage in our area. And, you know, we never had the tornado touchdown, but it was kind of, you know, it was, it was uh, interesting to be able to 
take shelter in a place that I really like to like to be in and enjoy being in anyway. So took advantage of that situation and got some work done and hung out in the basement with Corinne and the dogs. It was fun. All right. Um, I am going to do a recommendation this week. My recommendation is uh, for the bladesmith Lynn Ray. Um, if you guys are not familiar with Lynn, Lynn is a, uh, I think Lynn's a master bladesmith. Uh, but he, um, he's a great knife maker, but he is, uh, he has done something that impressed me as like a super innovative. He's come up with what he calls the X-ray knife. So like his last name, Ray, R-H-E-A, first name Lynn. So Lynn Ray, um, his X-ray knife is, is I guess his take on the blacksmith knife. So a blacksmith knife is a knife that the the blade and the handle are all made out of steel. Usually what you do is you have your blade and then you have a long skinny tang that comes out maybe I don't know 10 inches or 12 inches and then you you have that long tail and you curl it back around, you put a little scroll in the end and then you made the handle for your knife. So that's the blacksmith knife. It's all made out of steel. There's no wooden handle put into it. And, uh, and Lynn Ray has just come up with a really beautiful way, not just come up with, he's had been doing this for quite a while, but it's just like a beautiful design. Jeff Fader's done some work with him, done some illustrations with, you know, how you would make the x-ray knife and on. And, uh, and it's just, it's just fascinating to me how cleanly and well he can do this, this really beautiful knife with different types of guards all integrated into the steel and it comes back around and you, you have a little a tang that comes out and you peen the the handle back into the tang back into itself, but it's all like one piece of steel. Everything's come out of one steel. And it's just, the more I do blacksmithing, um, the harder I realize it is. And, uh, and doing just hand, hand work and hammer work is, you know, the amount of things that you can do is just fantastic. And, and Lynn is just, um, I think a, a good example of what you can do, um, with uh, a single piece of steel. It's just beautiful. His knives are beautiful. So check him out on Instagram. Uh, that's Ray knives, R H E a underscore knives. Check out Lynn Ray. If you don't know Lynn, um, be ready to be amazed by his skill as a knife maker. And that's it guys. Um, not the longest episode is actually, man, it's going on 49 minutes again. I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to talk about by myself, uh, without having Devin there to go back and forth with me, for however long I want to. And I was a little nervous about it, but this has gone well. It's, it's a weird thing to, to sit and talk to yourself, but knowing that there are people out there that are enjoying it and that are listening, make it a lot easier. So for all of you who have supported us and all of you who have commented on it and let us know, um, that you really enjoy what we're doing. Uh, it really, really makes a difference. So what I would say, um, obviously we always like it. We love it when people support us. If you can go over to P- Patreon and support us there, if you feel like you're getting something out of what we're doing, that's important. But really letting us know that you're enjoying it makes a big difference. So if you go out, you know, I would say go to like your podcast platform and put a review there. But really like go over to Instagram. Um, you know, if you don't already follow us, go over there. Follow me at The Art of Craftsmanship. Follow Devin at The Art of Camera Guy. And let us know that you're following along, you know, when people comment about what's happened on the podcast, that it's, it's, um, it's like the next level of intimacy, right? We've got YouTube, which is 
thousands and thousands of people watching all the time and we get some comments and that that has some intimacy right and then you get over into instagram and you have like the dms and you have people commenting on your your images and that's a little bit more intimate but then when someone says something or references something um or says like i love your show and i told somebody about it and that person is now following you like those all make a huge difference and um you know, I have to remind myself more often to comment on people's stuff and tell them that I really like it and, you know, and tell them that I care and that, you know, we're here and we're supporting each other. So the more support, the more love that you guys can, you know, send around to everybody, send to our way, it really makes a difference. So, so if you, if you enjoy what you're hearing and if you're hanging out with us, then, you know, let me know, send me a message or put something on Instagram. Let me know that you, uh, you know, you thought you enjoyed it or let me know if you have an idea or something you want to, uh, you want us to talk about. That's always good too. So, you know, I, I like the idea of having, you know, a bigger community based around all of us hanging out and chatting and listening. And, you know, I listen to a whole bunch of different uh, podcasts and watch a lot of different YouTube content creators and, and videos and things. So, you know, I just think the more you can reach out and we can all pump each other up, the better. So take some time, send us some love, send some love to those people around you who you do love. Tell people you love them because, you know, it's it's a it's a better world when we're all working together in it. I'm getting very preachy at the end. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's it for this week. Um, we had the idea to have a, a guest on this week, and we were going to until today, um, until you know Devin's power was out. So, um, unfortunately, we're going to postpone that guest. But he is going to be super awesome to talk to. So, uh, when we have him on, hopefully that'll be next week. Um, look forward to that. A really awesome maker and a relative of mine. So a relative of ours. So hopefully uh, you enjoyed this. This uh, just me coming to you chatting for, dang, we're almost an hour long, 52 minutes. That's pretty impressive. All right, everybody. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. It makes a huge difference and we will talk to you next time. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H E R O.co.